0: Hello and welcome to Deja View, the Ithacans Weekly Review Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Leary, and I'm here today with...
1: Liza Gillespie.
0: (laughs) And we're going to talk about after. And there's a lot of prelude that goes into what this is, and it's also not the type of thing we would normally cover on this show. But I wanted to have some fun this week, and also Liza really wanted to write this review. (laughs) like an offended face it's true Uh, I have now seen after and read part of the book but there's a lot more that goes into this and I am not qualified necessarily to tell you what all of that is which is Liza's cue to go and tell you what all of that is
1: so the movie after is based on a book series by Anna Todd which follows Tessa Young who is a college freshman as she starts a tumultuous relationship with the quote-unquote bad boy of the college, Hardin Scott, and the book series itself is um, based on a Wattpad fan fiction, which was originally inspired by Harry Styles. So it's a One Direction fan fiction turned book series turned movie.
0: Yeah, which is wild. I don't have any of the requisite One Direction knowledge that comes with this, so I've dived into this book and movie completely blind to all of that, which is a weird experience, let me tell you. It also means that you have told me a lot of trivia, of little details of like, oh, the main ca- or the main love interest has all the same tattoos as Harry Styles, and every time that happens I just kind of don't know how to process it. Um, and... On paper, it's a really simple idea. Like, what this story is is very basic and universal, kind of.
1: It is, like, the most simple teen romance plot, which is, like, you have one character who's, like, more sheltered and prudish. And you have another character who's, quote-unquote, like, wild and kind of helps this character come out of their shell, which is a phrase I hate. But that's basically the, the premise.
0: It is. But imagine that. Dialed up by a lot. Mm-hmm. because the way things happen and the extreme caricatures that everybody is <laughs> makes this feel more unpleasant in certain ways than most of this kind of story tends to be. and i'm'm'm I'm, I'm, I'm scarred by the book because again, I, I've read a little bit of that now, and the book is a nightmare. Um, And I I don't know if you want to start talking about that and then make our way into the movie, but I want to get this poison out just a little bit.
1: Yeah, there's no way to talk about this without talking about the book because even though they are, like, noticeably different in some ways, they're also, like, the book is the foundation for this film, and the book is very problematic and bad, um, jarringly so. Um, But (laughs) the movie, I think, uh, like takes it down a few notches, but ends up being bad in different ways.
0: Yeah, the the core problem of this story isn't gonna go away, Mm -hmm. but where the book is insufferable, the movie is actually pretty okay for what it is.
1: Yeah, the, the way I like to describe this, how I've been describing it to people who have asked me about it is, this is a fine romance movie based on a terrible book, but romance movies are bad. For these reasons.
0: <laughs> um, you want to list those reasons?
1: I mean, like this, like the movie, especially, and the book series obviously succumbs to a lot of like the cliches of like young adult, for lack of a better word, romances, where it's just like you have these two main characters who fall in love almost immediately without having a whole lot in common. And of course, there's like, Reasons given in the movie.
0: What do you mean they don't have a lot in common? (laughs) Both of them are literate and are treated like the only other two people who have ever read a book.
1: Which is the other issue in a lot of these, which is these people are... (laughs) the only people in this universe who are different from the other people in this universe where Tessa Young, um, in the book more so than in the movie, thinks she's like literally the only girl in the world who stays in on a Friday night and reads, opposed to like going to parties like her crazy roommate does. And um, in the movie, I feel like that's um, toned down a lot. But like, and Hardin, for another example, is the most cliche sort of like bad boy stereotype um, and has all of the problems that those characters usually have, which is, like, backstory that doesn't forgive any of his actions. But Ugh. is
0: treated like it does.
1: Yeah. And, like, yeah, it's just bad.
0: Th- this is a whatever the 50 shades man and uh robert pattinson and twilight mm-hmm. lineage followed through to its logical and extreme conclusion with harden uh who again acts like those characters and acts atrociously and psychologically abusively and is all around horrible and obnoxious to listen to
1: yeah the the so like the first real conversation that these two characters have in the movie is like an argument in class because they're talking about pride and prejudice and he starts by being like i don't like pride and prejudice because love isn't real and the main character is annoying and of course like tessa who has read pride and prejudice because you know she reads books she's not like other girls Um, and they get into this like all-out fight in the middle of class and even though tessa's character like yells at him for this and complains about it he's still treated as like charismatic and that's still treated as like oh look they're they have a lot in common they're cute with with each other but like oh geez
0: i i've made this comparison to you a lot in talking about this movie but i feel like what this movie is to a lot of like young one direction fans and like that segment of the population and a lot of young girls is what Ready Player One is to a lot of young nerd boys, and they're both equally bad for the people they're trying to cater to for similar reasons in that they give the identifying character, so in Ready Player One's case, whatever that horrible man's name is, and then in this case, Tessa, uh, traits that are like, look how good they are and look how smart they are and look how much better than everybody else they are.
1: Yeah. See, like the thing. OK, so full disclosure, I read the original Wattpad fanfiction when I was 14 when it came out and I read the like actual published book series, which is more or less the same thing uh, more recently with a l- little bit of prose fixed. in there, um...
0: But still not contractions put in. I'm going to go and be real pedantic for a second. I'm sorry. She Anna Todd, who has written something very popular, more successful than anything I will ever accomplish in my life, cannot use a contraction and it frustrates me contractions make language easier and i'm very annoyed by it i also am going to listen to all five of these books so the joke's on me and i'm sorry i'm going to be obnoxious for one second more and just say i'm not going to be the most positive and happy about this i haven't been already but i also want to make it clear that i'm not trying to do like the man trying to come in and crap on something that a lot of people like and that i don't necessarily understand because i recognize this is not and never has been made for me and that prerequisite needs to be made like in there and like put out of the way because this isn't good but it's also not meant for me and i kind of like the movie anyway sorry carry on i'm here i'll be quiet now
1: so what i was about to say was this film is definitely made like that fan fiction for teenage girls and if i was 15 the thing that sucks about watching this is that if i was 15 i would love this And I recognize that. And even as a 15-year-old, you can recognize the issues in this, but I would still love it. And like you said, like, I enjoyed watching it. Um, But, like, and this is the whole other discussion about fan fiction and, like, romance novels and how both of those are kind of, like, different layers of being treated in a very specific way by the media and critics, and that's why I feel weird about being critical about something like this, but also why I need to be critical about something like this, because a lot of these, like, young adult romances, um, especially in fan fiction, are for this age group of young women. Um, and they, the ones like these tend to give very specifically toxic messages to those young women and this movie definitely does that even though a lot of the other issues with the fan fiction were fixed in it um but at the end of the day it's still very much like this boy who negs you in class is the one you're supposed to be with which is harmful
0: it it is and there's never any shade to that like it seems unaware that this is a problem and the movie, again, slightly less so, but, like, it's treated in this positive way, and there is, again, a very clear line between this and Edward Cullen, where you have these characters who are just the worst and, like, insufferable and you'd never want to meet in real life.
1: Yeah, and this movie, like, in a different way, too, because, okay, so after the book series and the fan fiction, is, like definitely leaning more on erotica rather than romance especially the fan fiction um the book series less so on the movie definitely less so because it's, it's PG- pg-13 yeah it's PG-13. wild um so like a little bit of that like gets pushed to the side but <laughs> this movie is exploring a very interesting arc that a lot of teen romances don't explore which is like the sexual component to these relationships um because they are a little bit older they're in college which makes it different in a way um but the thing that frustrated me the most with the movie is that the main character, Tessa, the only way she changes from the beginning of the movie to the end is that she's more comfortable with her own sexuality, which by itself is like great. Yes. That's an awesome thing to see on screen. I wish they'd been able to explore it more. I feel like I would have liked an R-rated version of this movie better. However, <laughs> it's by framing it in this toxic relationship you don't get to appreciate that arc at all because it's not really discussed it is explored but it's not like explicitly discussed and the other issues with her character kind of like devalue it in a way but like it sucks because that is a cool thing
0: yeah there are interesting cores at the center of this um that don't get explored in the preservation of it as a fantasy And then it becomes the way romance movies tend to do, something that doesn't have anything to necessarily say about relationships so much as here's a relationship that you can mentally insert yourself into through this character. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because nobody's going to relate to Harden. I really hope nobody watches this movie and says, oh, look, there I am.
1: No one watching this movie will relate to Harden. I will say that maybe people outside of it would, but I don't want to talk to them.
0: No, no. And again yeah a representation of somebody who you'd never want to be around
1: yeah yeah cuz like in a way these characters are very <laughs> there's parts of these characters that are very realistic which makes it kind of worse where it's like Tessa's character if you just list out her traits is a very like it's she's easy to put yourself into um especially like for teenage girls who are reading like the original fan fiction it's like oh like i'm more introverted i like to get to class early that's like a lot that's how i have experienced like a lot of people who read that sort of thing would like to describe themselves which is cool and they definitely gave her like a little bit more realistic attributes of the movie um but with hardin he's like the guy in your class that everyone kind of hates um but flirts with all the girls anyway and this is just kind of showing, okay, but like, what if they wanted him to?
0: I was going to say, yeah, this, imagine that like, yeah, like you said, that mansplaining guy in your class mm-hmm. who acts really full of himself, probably what some people who listen to this show think I am. And imagine if everybody was like, oh, wait, no, this is cool. This is what we want, except for the one good character in the movie who is related to him by the end of it yeah, uh, the through parental one... <laughs> marriages, which I think is very funny. The
1: moral center of the movie, who is hardly in the movie, yes, um, which makes sense <laughs>
0: who again like he is the one good person in this world yeah. nobody else is okay mm-hmm. uh the other side characters we get most of hardin's friends who are all like goth punk goons and uh her mother tessa's mother who is just an evil character in a way that you would see for like a cartoon mother like i'm gonna make a reference nobody's gonna get but it's the same mother from the little prince movie who's clearly in the wrong but anyway it's bizarre
1: yeah, the like the parents' stories are very like one note, and the characters are very like one note. I don't think her mother is like super evil. She's definitely not nice to her daughter, which is a whole other thing um, that doesn't necessarily get that explored, um, especially in the movie. And the weird thing about Harden's dad, who is the other like parental figure in this, is that. When I was watching the movie, because I had read the book and I knew kind of more about it and where it was going, I didn't really think about the fact that that storyline is, is kind of random in the movie and doesn't get resolved, like, at all.
0: And very troubling for what it is. Yeah,
1: it's a very weird tonal shift when you hear the, like, backstory of it to what you see in the film.
0: Which we should say and at least talk about for a little bit. AJ, you can cut out these silences. Now, No? No? Okay, never mind.
1: I mean, I don't think it's important to talk about.
0: I mean, but it's there. I don't know. Anyway, we can cut all this out. What do you want to go on to next? Um. You drive the boat. Like, this is your show here. I'm trying to interrup- interrupt less. We still have 15 minutes.
1: I know. Um. I mean, there's just... I don't know what to pick.
0: What didn't you get to talk about in your review?
1: Um... I didn't talk about, like, the whole, like, climactic scene at all. Or the like, friends, where I talked about Molly
0: a little. Oh, bit. Jesus Christ, Eliza, I forgot that happened in this movie. The climax of the movie. Oh, oh! <laughs> so, like, okay. Shit. So, this Wait, is another. Sorry, retake that one more time. I cursed.
1: <laughs> I don't. What do you want me to say?
0: No, just what uh, the what you were starting to say.
1: Okay. Um, the climax of this movie is also kind of very cliche, and especially to, as someone who's read these sorts of things a lot growing up um where it's like you have these two characters who are very very different and you're like oh how could they ever like actually start this relationship and I'm like there must be something going on here and there is and it's always a bet (laughs) and that's always like the crux of this and the climax is always like the girl usually a girl finding out that um and this is I don't know how to explain this in a way that makes sense um do you want to explain it
0: so the the I guess you could call it a twist in this movie, but it's such a cliche of this kind of story, at least from what I have researched and been told. Um, and, I mean, admittedly thought about, too. Like, everybody has this thought when you're a insecure high schooler and a piece of trash. But the the big plot twist in this is that Harden started this relationship for a bet. So early in the movie, you see them have their... Fir- uh, Tessa and Harden have their first little moment during a truth-or-dare game at a college party, and... I can't remember if Harden kisses her or almost does. It, it doesn't matter. No, they don't kiss. They don't. Oh, right. Tessa storms out and leaves, and we don't see that scene from Harden's perspective. We see it from Tessa's, and she goes, and we don't hear what happens inside after she leaves. And then at the end of the movie, a sinister character in the background of the entire thing attempts to manipulate Tessa into thinking that Harden is cheating on her and then confronts her and spoils this whole thing spoils this whole little plot that's been Mm -hmm. going on and tessa flips out and harden goes no but i actually do love you and this isn't real and i found myself and learned to believe in love by being with you
1: yeah so like harden the other like cliche part of his personality is that he's one of those like oh like i don't believe in love i don't date sort of like love interests um which is like problematic in itself but like so that's the climactic moment of this film and obviously like she forgives him the end of this movie which bothers me a lot is him writing her a letter and being like no like you taught me what love is and forgive me
0: he doesn't just write her a letter he does this negative power move that is submitting a final essay to a professor that is just a letter for Tessa and the professor has to give her said letter because she is clearly not She clearly doesn't want any part of what's going on here.
1: Yeah, that's like... There's a lot of, like, logic you have to kind of ignore in this movie, (laughs) that being one of them.
0: Which I'm comfortable doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, like, (laughs) that's going to happen in, like, stories that take place in school because, like, the way school actually... Like, especially college, the way college works, it's not going to, like, make sense for them to be completely realistic. So, like, let's just ignore it and pretend they're not there. Um, But, yeah, so back to this climactic moment. (laughs) We have the character of Molly who is definitely the most like stereotypical character in this movie she was the only one from the book that i feel like they made no effort to make better um she's just like a straight villain which i don't think the story needed even if they thought it did
0: and it has heart so we're good
1: yeah (laughs) and she's she's like the mean girl stereotype threatening tessa's relationship um Um, bullies tessa to a point
0: Yes, and yeah. presumably because she's jealous of Tessa and Harden, because in the beginning of the movie you yeah. see her being very close with Harden.
1: Yeah, because again, this is a story where everyone likes one boy. Yeah, and that's just how it is. Okay. Even though he doesn't like anyone else.
0: Well, because there are two Until kinds. She comes yeah, along, of course. There are there are two kinds of masculinity in this movie. There's Harden, who is I'm going to abuse you, and I'm terrible. Don't you love me? I'm going to abuse you, and you're terrible. Don't you love me? And it's just this back and forth and back and forth of him being. Vulnerable to make up for the fact that he's terrible. And then you have Noah, who's Tessa's boyfriend at the beginning of the movie, who we haven't mentioned, which should tell you something about him, (laughs) because he's completely, like, ineffectual. He's a year younger than her. He's still in high school and also can, like, barely touch her and, like, go anywhere near her, Um, which is an interesting (laughs) dichotomy that you have there because there's no shade in the middle. Like, Landon is a Mm non-entity. Very clear, distinct friend figure who doesn't do much... Mm-hmm. And in the movie especially, doesn't have much personality, but then you have Noah and Hardin on this spectrum that's kind of treated as a binary.
1: Yeah, it's weird because um, this is like barely a love triangle because Noah is never considered to even be like a threat to this main storyline, the couple especially, even though Tessa is dating Noah for the whole first act till the midpoint, I'm pretty sure, of this film, and She cheats on him uh, multiple times and says, oh, I shouldn't do that, but, like, continues to do that, which is just weird. Um, And And obviously he finds out and confronts her and then just leaves. And she kind of gets over it, like, pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, and he does, too, because she meets up with him towards the end of the movie. And it's one of those Mm -hmm. all is forgiven type of things, though. They do try to make him slightly worse in the movie to give Tessa some justification for yeah. cheating on him because he's very over, like he's overprotective and like her mom yes him and, and her it... mom
1: played the same character basically as the same force in her life definitely which is being like trying to control her life
0: yes don't go out study you mm. know be don't go
1: to parties like who are you what are you becoming sort of thing and
0: and uh, Noah sends her those texts more or less directly at one point yeah, when which she's is looking for comfort
1: the whole like a lot of the characters in the film that aren't Tessa and Hardin are people just telling them a lot of things about <laughs> what their lives are supposed to be because tessa is getting like this for on one side like her mom and noah are telling her that she should stay in and be as conservative as possible in terms of like her college experience and then you have hardens friends who are all telling her to go out and liven up and change so they're both telling her to like not do what she wants to do which is a problem because she never really there's never a moment in the film which bothers me of her standing up for herself to either of these people kind of her mom like her she does try to tell her mom not to control her life but they make up um but she never tells like hardens friends to stop peer pressuring her
0: no it's a weird dynamic where you're supposed to and again we talked about this presumably the audience for this is supposed to really identify with tessa Mm -hmm. but also tessa is treated like somebody you're not supposed to be so it's look this is a representation of like a perfect perfect version of you that everybody wants to talk to and be with but also you can't be this person because this person is bad and lame and you should feel bad about being it
1: yeah see that's like the other part of this entire like story the foundation of the story which kind of bothers me um which is tessa in the beginning has all these traits we've discussed where like she's like stays in she's more bookish she's not like she doesn't, I don't think in the film, sees herself as better than other people. In the book, she definitely does, but not really in the film. Um, which, like, is fine. That's how she wants to live. And Hardin thinks that's bad. And, like, all of her friends think that's bad. And it turns into one of those stories of, like, you need to come out of your shell and live life and, like, dump your dumb boyfriend who won't have sex with you and, like, all this stuff. And, like... There's an argument to be made because, you know, she is not living her life the way that she probably wants to because she is being controlled by Noah and her mom. But, like, it also turns into this weird thing of, like, there's only one good type of, like, college experience. There's only one good type of, like, girl you can be, which is also problematic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's it's broad strokes. Broad yeah. strokes and binaries um, that are very generally categorizing the way life has to be and how people can be this kind of bad or this kind of perfect Mm -hmm. and there's no in between or in certain cases they can be this kind of bad and you'll also get these positive traits and you want to go with this kind of bad to get this kind of good and that's the only way it can be yes yeah it's it's very frustrating because i want to like this and want and you said this earlier want to be able to appreciate it for mm-hmm. what it, what it is. represents yeah. yeah yeah actually that's a better way of putting it yeah because like if you had
1: asked me when i was 15 if like if you had told me when i was 15 that a fan fiction i read is being turned into a movie I, that would be the best thing that ever happened to me um and like there are so many good ones that could have been turned into a movie and they just picked one with really problematic themes and a really problematic message and kind of changed it but also kind of didn't because like and on that level, because I have a history with it, I did, like, enjoy watching parts of this movie because I also like romance movies, even knowing the problems that a lot of them have. So, and, like, it's a weird situation to be in.
0: And that's the trap. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm going to end up finishing the audiobook that I've been listening to for this and why I would see a sequel of this if it happens, you know. I watched. Yeah. I, like, I, I like this kind of thing. I like this genre a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched The Notebook yesterday and like that's a trash fire but also I'm here for it in a very real way and it's just sad like you want all of these things to be good you want the audience mm-hmm. that this stuff is made for to have a positive response to it and for it to be positively impactful but again we've circled around and here we are and it's Ready Player One Two and it, it doesn't do anything for anyone other than cause potential harm or at the very least just be boring. Yeah,
1: which is upsetting because again like we've discussed these films and these types of things because of their audience is already going to be like treated as subpar media and so the fact that it's bad makes that worse and it sucks.
0: Yeah, I know. Like there are certain things that I want to be happy about and like celebrate and say look, at the very least, oh look, they fixed some of the problems for this or it's not perfect, but at the very least it's a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and not have to be this kind of negative person like not be basically who I am on all of these shows for this specific property because I want it to be good it's kind of what I said about Captain Marvel where like this is a great thing not a great movie and this is neither Um, granted I'll I'll trash superhero movies all day long because most of them deserve it but like this is a bummer (laughs) you know and it's not like we had expectations either speaking for you potentially out of turn but like it is what you think it is
1: oh definitely like it's thing. it's like a fine film when you look at it without thinking about implications about it because like structurally it makes sense like it looks pretty like the the performances are fine like it's fine but when you think deeper about it that's when it starts to be sad
0: yeah well I'm glad we have a positive note to end on isn't that great <laughs> Liza uh- we did it again <laughs>
1: You know, I have been waiting my whole adolescent life to talk about this. So, like, I am glad that I did it.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry that I talked at all and interrupted the <laughs> decade-long monologue. Thank you. Uh, anyway, Liza, where can people find you if they want to or if you want to? If you want to. That's the important one.
1: If I want you to find me. Yes. Um, you uh. can find me on Twitter, Liza underscore Gillespie. Um, you can also read my review of After on the Ithacan if you want to.
0: Uh, so tune in next week. And to that end, you can also read my review of Hellboy, which will be in the paper next week and is worse than this. I saw After and Hellboy back to back. Hellboy is one of my favorite comic book characters and Dear God is that one of the worst things I've seen this year. And you can follow me on Twitter at JD underscore Leary and listen for the last two episodes of this show with me as host. I don't know what's going to happen with it after that, but I will be vacating the country for a good long time, so somebody will hopefully take over. With that said... Thank you for listening. We will be back next week.